When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, Jerry sitting in for Dave C. And this is Short Stuff about the javelina, one of the most interesting animals of all time. <laughs> yeah, this one came to me. Uh, this was my pick. And uh, I was watching for the probably 15th time, the Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. And I always love the part where Gene Hackman looks up on the wall where his stuffed javelina head is missing. And he goes, where's my javelina? And I was always like, what is a javelina? I was like, is it something in, that only exists in Wes Anderson's world? Uh-huh. Or is it a real, is it a just a funny name that he calls a hog or, or a boar? Yeah. And it turns out a, a javelina is a javelina. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> it's it does, a thing. doesn't it? First of all, what a great movie, man. God, yeah. What a good movie. Um, Love it. And, and secondly, a javelina is not a boar or a hog because those are true pigs. Turns mm-hmm. out a javelina is only distantly related to the pig family. Um, it's a collared peccary, and it's pretty interesting because the differences between it and a pig are kind of surprising, especially if you just see one of these things and you're like, oh, it's a pig or it's a warthog is probably what you'd say. Yeah, I would think I would probably call it a boar because we do have boars here in the South. Uh, they, I'm not sure when the video came out, but they did pop up on the news when uh, a viral video uh, was released by a uh, real estate agent in Tucson mm-hmm. who did this great video. I'm sure you watched it of yeah. the, this javelina just trucking like kind of beside this apartment complex by itself, hauling butt. And, you know, you, you always hear that like boars and javelinas like can be really fast and, you know, they're big, they're big animals. And you're like, how can they be that fast? But then when you see this thing flying down the road, it's really going fast. It's kind of cool. And then people, of course, put music to it and yeah. it became a big thing. But uh, aside from that, if you don't live in, you know, uh, the, probably the handful of states where you might see wild javelinas, mm-hmm. you might not know that they're even a thing at all. Yeah. Um, they're, they're pretty cute looking actually, especially if you're, if you think boars are cute, cause they do look a little bit like boars, like warthogs, but they're much smaller. They're maybe two feet tall up to 55 pounds, which is not, not much. You could pick up a javelina if it would let you. <laughs> sure. You don't want to though, for a couple of reasons that we'll get into in a minute. Um, but one of the big differences is that they don't have a tail, um, or at least not one that you can see, um, whereas of course pigs do. And then another thing that really stands out about the javelinas is that they tend to hang out in herds much more than a pig. A pig will hang yeah. out with you, a human, uh, whereas a javelina doesn't want anything to do with you and would rather hang out with its own people. That's right. Uh, and, you know, this is, uh, this is a shorty from the How Stuff Works website, and they kind of tick off just a bunch of interesting facts and myths and things. Mm-hmm. And another identifier is that they have a scent gland near the base of their tail, and they use that to identify one another. They use it to mark their territory. They will use it to mark each other. They will, like, bump scent glands against each other. Yeah. Uh, Pigs are old world, uh, meaning from Africa, Asia, and Europe, whereas 
these peccaries are all New World uh, from North, Central, and South America. So, you know, they, they look a lot alike, but they really aren't the same. And actually, Chuck, one way that you could distinguish them, because they do all look alike, um, or at least they do bear a similarity to pigs, uh, is that javelinas, uh, their noses are different. And actually, now that I say that out loud, I'm not sure if pigs all have different noses, but with javelinas, you can basically use it as like a fingerprint mm-hmm. for a human. It's it's that different, um, which is pretty cool. And then tangentially related to that, they're, they have a really great sense of smell because they use musk to kind of mark territory or say hi to one another. They bump they're scent stinky. glands. Yeah, and they're very stinky. Um, but th- So they both smell, and they also can smell really well. Get it? <laughs> I do. Uh, they're called uh, musk hogs or skunk pigs sometimes because of that kind of musky nastiness that comes with them. Uh, and they also sometimes, I think, have been confused for rodents. I'm not really sure how. I, I mean, I, I guess it could be a giant rodent, but... Giant gerbil? A gerbil from hell? So this expert at least says that it's a common misconception, so who knows? I guess maybe some people do think they're rodents. So Chuck, since we're just ta- tossing out facts about javelinas, um, one of the other things that I like is that they, they can't see very well. <laughs> they can see about 30 feet away. Almost like they're they're nearsighted. Not even almost like they are nearsighted. They they rely mostly on smell, um, but because of that, they it's easy for a human to get close to them. And yeah. I'm going to leave it uh, for the other side of this commercial break to answer whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for you, the human. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! 
It's actually a bad thing. Okay. There we go. Got it? That's a quick answer. It really was. <laughs> Let me elaborate. The reason why it's bad is because uh, javelinas have a reputation, at least out west, um, for being ferocious. And that may or may not be uh, deserved, you know? Because supposedly people who are javelina experts like Kornmuller uh, and their ilk— um, say that, no, they're they're defensive. They're defending their territory. More often than not, they're defending their young. And you've just kind of startled them because you've gotten you've gotten close to them and they didn't notice you there before because they can't see very well. And now they're saying, back off, our kids are here. Whereas if you're a human, you're just seeing some scary hell pigs uh, coming at you <laughs> as a group, basically. Yeah. Uh, they are even, what's known as even-toed ungulates, which means they are hoofed mammals, but they bear the weight. And this is this gets a little wonky, but I love it. They bear the weight uh, almost equally on their third and fourth toes mm-hmm. um, rather than like a horse or a rhinoceros who are odd-toed ungulates, yeah. and they bear most of their weight uh, almost entirely on the third. You know, I saw a really cool documentary on horses called Equus, E-Q-U-U-S. Oh, yeah? It's about, like, the natural history of the horse. And they talk about how the horse, the feet of the horse is actually just one toe. So, like, the horses are walking on four toes. That's what they walk and run on. Isn't that amazing? It is. And uh, I love, I'm going to have to see that documentary. Do they talk about Cumberland Island, Georgia at all? Yeah, I think they do at some point. Um, I don't remember where, but, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that is, uh, if you're listening and you don't know anything about it, uh, one of our barrier islands here in Georgia, Cumberland Island, is, is, is still has wild horses that roam free. Yeah. The Isn't that thing, amazing? It, it, it is amazing. You can see um, video of them. You don't even have to go down there for it. <laughs> but when, when it, You should when, travel to Cumberland Island, though. It's beautiful. It, it is. I've never been. I've just seen it on video. But it looks pretty beautiful. It's great. One of the things that really struck me, Chuck, was the second part of that movie— um, is about the the domestication of horses and how mm-hmm. it first um, happened on the steppes of, like, Mongolia. Mm, I love that stuff. So I get this. I watched that documentary, and it seemed vaguely familiar to me. The next day, I was QAing an episode on animal domestication, and we talked mm-hmm. about the exact same thing, like, six, eight years before. Yeah. See how that happens? Isn't that neat, that timing, though, from one night to the next day? Bam, bam, and then my, my brain it. just exploded a little bit. Is that uh, Mandela effect? Is that what that is? I don't think so. I think no? it's more, um, oh, uh, maybe it touches on Botter-Meinhof a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We yeah. should call it the stuff you should know effect. We should have our own effect by now. Yeah, I think so, too. And I know you're pushing for the star wipe all these years. <laughs> a different effect. Yeah, yeah. Totally different meaning of the word. Uh, here's another javelina. Back to javelinas. Another javelina factoid that I think is kind of cool mm-hmm. is that they are generally herbivores. Um, they have these, you know, they have kind of the big canines uh, or like tusks. And you would think like, boy, those things are some meat eaters. And they will eat meat, like if a, if a bird happens to come a little too close or something. <laughs> That's so but, sad. They're generally trying to get down there in the roots and fruits 
and uh, trying to dig down and eat uh, plants. They're plant eaters. I thought you were going to say something like boots. Oh, no, I wish I had another one. Roots, shoots, and Oh, fruits. and fruits. Very nice, Chuck. All right. So, um, yeah, but yeah, the, the one of the experts mentions how they'll sometimes find dove feathers in the javelina pen. Yeah. It is a little sad, but it, I guess that's the natural course of things. And they can be a little, uh, you know, if you live out in Arizona, you might have stories of them coming after your dogs because they might think it's a coyote or something mm-hmm. threatening their, their pack. Um, and there are, I did see some videos of dogs in a fence with javelinas on the outside of the fence, kind of, they're, they'll get the mohawk like a dog does on their back when they're oh, upset. Yeah. yeah. And the hair pokes up. But um, I also saw a video of a javelina and a dog playing in a field, and it was one of the cutest dang Dude, things I've ever seen. I got to see that one. The javelina was just bopping them with his head and nosing them, and the dog was kind of fake biting, and they would run around, and <laughs> it's just the best. Do you know what I should search to see that? I would just say javelina dog play. And I bet you that'll take you right there. In boots. In boots. (laughs) You got anything else about javelinas? No. I think they're the the unsung uh, heroes of the even toad ungulate community. (laughs) Very nice. Well, everybody, this short stuff is over. This short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.